Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. Today we're continuing to bring you highlights from the 2018 Healing is Here conference held at Andrews Karras Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. If we deal with the sin problem, we've dealt with the sickness problem. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to a special edition of the Gospel Truth broadcast. Today, we're going to be playing some more excerpts from our 2018 Healing is Here conference. And today, we're going to be uh, showing you Barry Bennett's teaching. Uh, it was powerful. We saw so many lives changed, and Barry Bennett is just a great, great blessing to me. He's one of our resident teachers at Karis Bible College, and I tell you, he's just a powerful guy. He's fluent in Spanish. He was a missionary in Chile, and he is just a blessing. So watch this as we play some of Barry Bennett's teaching from our Healing is Here conference in 2018. What was delegated to the disciples now is inherent in us. We have authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. And it says in James 4, Submit yourself to God, resist the devil if he shows up, and he will flee. Any believer can do that. Any believer can do that. Submit yourself to God, resist the cancer, it will flee. Resist the arthritis, it will flee. Resist the diabetes, it will flee. Resist anything that comes against you, it must flee. If you know who you are, if you understand identity, righteousness, authority, faith will flow from authority. Well, if it's a cancer in your body, why don't you take authority over it? You've got the uniform, you've got the badge, you've got the gun, you've got the gifts of the Spirit, you've got the Word of God, you've got the promises, you've got the armor. You've got the power to bind and loose. You've got the keys of the kingdom. You've got, you've got the better covenant. You've got the blood of Jesus. Why don't you kill this cancer? Well, if Andrew prays for me, you know, I just, I just want Andrew to pray. God bless you, but that's the problem. You kill the cancer. You take authority. We, used to, we had a little... It's embarrassing, but we had a Maltipoo, Maltese poodle, Maltipoo, cute dog. She has, uh, a couple years ago, she went to be with Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> she was a believer. And, uh, but, and my daughter named her years ago, she, and uh, this is even more embarrassing, she named her Lola, so... Lola, little white multi-poo, cute little dog. Uh, she knew about the furniture rules. No furniture. Don't get on the furniture. So we'll say, if I come home one day and I, find, I go up to my bedroom and I find Lola on the bed, Lola knows me. I know Lola. I say, Lola, get off the bed. And Lola is going to slink off and jump off the bed because we know each other. Now, if I come home one day and I go into the bedroom and there is a giant pit bull on my bed, first question, where's Lola? (laughs) 
And now the situation is a little bit different. So I'm going to say, nice doggy. Would you consider getting off the bed? And then, now listen, this is the point. I'm going to step back and wait to see what happens. With Lola, we knew what was going to happen. I was walking by faith with Lola. She's going to obey my word, or there's going to be a come to Jesus. <laughs> but with the pit bull, I'm going to say the same kinds of words, but then I'm going to step back and wait to see what happens. I've just stepped out of faith into sight. Because why? I don't know that dog. I don't know that dog. I don't know my authority over that dog. I know my authority over that little dog. But when the doctor says, he says, if the doctor says, well, this is, this is bronchitis, it'll be gone in two weeks. Well, then I take authority over bronchitis in the name of Jesus. And in two weeks, you're better. But if he says it's stage four lung cancer, I rebuke you, lung cancer. Now, let's see. Uh, it still feels different. And, I mean, I just, and we, be, we, we, why? We don't have the same sense of authority because we don't know that dog. Therefore, we must switch over to walking by sight and not by faith because we haven't really appreciated what it means when he sat down and we sat down with him. If we would understand what it means to be seated with him in heavenly places, there is no dog that can resist the authority of your word. There is no disease that should be living in your body. Why? Because he sat down and you sat down. And all authority has been given to you. All authority has been invested in you. And all you have to do is speak the word, and you don't have to wait to see what happens. You already know what's going to happen because you know you have the uniform, you know you have the badge, and the gun's coming out. In the name of Jesus, cancer, you must go. In the name of Jesus, whatever, arthritis, kidney disease, heart disease, no, you cannot live in this house. And you begin to get excited and you begin to get angry because nothing should be living in your house. And the only reason it's there is because of ignorance or because you allowed it somehow. Sickness and corruption and loss will take just as much of your life as you're willing to give. You might want to write that down. Sickness, corruption, and loss will take just as much of your life as you're willing to give. Some of us are making really huge offerings of our life to corruption and sickness. We're giving way more than the tithe. We're giving years. We're giving destinies. We're giving purposes. We're giving everything God has invested in us because we don't know who we are and we don't know that we sat down. We don't know this is already a done deal. We're, it's already finished. 
We haven't grasped the revelation of Christ in us. We haven't grasped the authority of God's word. We don't know what's taking place. We're just trying to get well because we, we, it hurts too much when I watch TV. I just want the pain to go away. No, you have a destiny. You have a purpose. And you should be getting angry that something is taking your life, taking your destiny, taking your purpose, and it's simply because you haven't figured out who you are. Andrew knows who he is. When an owner walks into his business and begins to give orders, the, the employees know the owner is the owner and they obey. They run around doing whatever the owner wants. Jesus taught this in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter, let's go there, Luke chapter 17. Let's go to uh, verse 5. Luke 17, verse 5, it says, And the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, now I know that's taught as size, but I don't know that it means size so much as it means function. What's the function of a seed? When does a seed realize its purpose? When it gets planted. How do you plant a faith seed? You speak. You speak. We'll see. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up. You can say, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will obey you. I don't hear this taught in very many churches. Well, if it be God's will, if he wakes up one day angry at mulberry trees, then maybe, but if it's not his will, no, Jesus said, whatsoever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you have it and you shall have it. Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain and doubt not in your heart, it will move. Yes. He says here, if you have faith as a seed, what do you do with the seed? You plant it. How do you, how do you plant faith? You speak. If you speak to this tree, it will obey you. And then he goes on to say, and which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded him? He's comparing having a servant to having faith. And if you have a servant, you tell them what to do, and then you tell them what to, ne to do next, and then you tell them the next thing, and then you tell them the next thing, and you don't have a, a fiesta, you don't have a party if they do something. It was expected. When I talk to my dog on the bed, it's expected. The dog's getting off the bed. When I speak to situations, I expect them to move because I spoke, the Spirit of God in me spoke. Faith came out from me. Why? Because I'm seated. And when I'm seated, there is no contradiction to this. There is nothing can, that can stand against it. There is no power in heaven or earth that can change where I'm seated. I'm seated with him in heavenly places and far above all principality and power, far above all corruption, far above all sickness, all of us are seated with him. But if we don't grasp that, then we're going to keep living, as I, as I shared this morning, we're going to keep living in this other culture of darkness and corruption. We're going to keep speaking that language and expecting what they expect. And he says in verse 10, So likewise, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done what is our duty. If God tells you to do something and you do it, we don't have a party. In other words, you'll respond to what God says why is it a surprise to you when a tree will do what you say? That's what he's saying here. 
is that you have authority to speak to things. But when you don't know and when you walk by sight, think of the apostles who had gone around healing people, had been commissioned to do so, and then the man brings his epileptic son that throws him into the fire, throws him into the water, and they couldn't do it. And I can just see them huddling. It's nine of them because three are with Jesus on the mountain. And they get together. What's going on with this, man? We've been, healing, we've been healing people for two weeks now. And what's up with this? And Thomas says, you know, I bet it's not God's will to heal everybody. <laughs> you know, I bet you're right. What was the problem here? Later, they said, when Jesus, then Jesus shows up, praise God, heals him. And they said, why couldn't we do it? Because of your unbelief. Your unbelief. But we've been doing this. Yeah, but you're not in a place of relationship. You're not, you don't have a revelation. You don't know. It's not something that is inherent in you. You still are dealing with unbelief. But folks, we're in a better place right now. We sat down with him. And when he sat down, it's a done deal. All authority has been given to his church. Do you know in Acts chapter 5, I think it's verse 16, the people from the regions around Jerusalem brought, this is after Jesus is sitting down in heaven, literally. All the sick were brought to the church in Jerusalem, and it says, and they were all healed. This is after Jesus has left the scene. Everybody that came to the church in Jerusalem got healed. If you had been there, you would have gotten healed. Why? Because they knew who they were. They understood the commission. They understood their identity. They understood these things, and they knew they're, they're supposed to be about healing. This is where the church is set against sickness. Healing is part of our daily default function. This is what we should be about. Why? Because Jesus sat down. When he sat down, that means his work was complete. There's nothing left to do. There's nothing, he poured out his spirit upon all flesh. He's given gifts to the church, including healing. There's nothing left to do, folks. It's all been accomplished. And then he says, come up here and sit with me. Come sit down. We're going to put all my enemies under your feet. And so sickness, folks, in this, in this place, we should be so incensed that there's something in your body that's from the darkness, it's from the devil, it's oppression from the devil, it shouldn't be there. And you should be so angry at it that you get up and decide, I'm going to kill this thing. I don't have to pray about this anymore. I speak to it now. I call it out. I speak to it now. In the name of Jesus, every cancer cell has to die. In the name of Jesus, arthritis has to shrivel up and disappear. In the name of Jesus, heart disease has to disappear. In the name of Jesus... And you say, what did you sound nuts? No, I sat down with him and I have this authority and I have faith as a mustard seed and I will speak to these things and they will obey me and it won't be a big surprise. Amen. Praise God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe, therefore I speak. What do you believe? What do you believe? And again, without wanting to be offensive at all, please, that's not my heart. But when we keep talking about my cancer, my kidney disease, my this, my that, my pain, 
my medications. That's the language of the other kingdom. We need to learn a new language and we need to begin to speak the word of God with a revelation of who we are, our uniform, our badge, our gun. You need a revelation of that. You're not the victim, you're the victor. Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is a right now statement. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if you're a born again Christian, he has made you free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? It means just about anything you want it to mean. But sickness is part of what it means. Sin and death, corruption, loss in your life, that should be the last thing that you accept. No, I don't accept it. I am free from that. Why? Because I'm seated with him in heavenly places. I am seated with him, in, and I've, I've shared this in some other conference recently. You should never pray from down here. You should pray from up there. You pray from up there looking down on the problem, saying this is a piece of cake. Why? Because I'm seated with him in heavenly places, and when he sat down, it was finished. And I have authority, I have his authority over all sickness, over all cancer. Nothing can by any means stand in the presence of this authority. And I don't have to do a dance and make the sign of the cross and spin in circles. I just simply have to show up because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. See, this is a new way of thinking. I don't know how many of your circuits are going nuts, but this isn't usually what gets taught in church. We're taught how to passively accept the thief. And then we even go so far as to say that God's actually the thief. Man, is that messed up or what? God is not the thief. Romans 8:37. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. There is nothing that can stand in the presence of a believer who knows who he is. See, our problem isn't a sickness problem. Our problem is an identity problem. If we knew who we were, sicknesses would just run off. They don't have, man, in this room right now, you got to wonder how any, any sickness could possibly even stay here. They've got to be trembling right now. Now, the disobedient aren't always willing to listen. Has anybody ever run into this? You're looking at a dean of students for seven years. Okay. The disobedient aren't always willing to listen. So what do you do? You have to reinforce. What do you do with a disobedient dog? What do you do with a disobedient child? You have to reinforce. You have to do it over again. In carpentry, there are different sizes of nails, okay? And there are different sizes of hammers. And certain nails require certain hammers, and certain nails you can whack in with one whack. If you're a good carpenter, a finishing nail, usually one or two whacks and it's done. But there are much larger nails, and I forget the terminology, 16-penny or whatever, 
bigger nails and you can go up to small spikes and big spikes and what have you and there are hammers for those and some of those nails and spikes take quite a bit of repetitive pounding. There are some sicknesses that all you have to do is look cross-eyed at them and they leave. But there are other sicknesses that require a bigger hammer. They require faith and patience. They require perseverance. They, have, they require that you stick with it and keep fighting that battle and declaring that victory and seeing yourself in the future and rejoicing in the victory and speaking to it and speaking to it and speaking to it until finally it says, okay, I give up. But you've got to be convinced. I don't know what size nail you're working with right now, what the issue is in your life, but you've got a really big hammer. You've got the Jesus hammer. And folks, when he sat down, and then the incredible thing is, he said, here, sit down with me. That means everyone in this room has been invested with his authority, with his power, with his word, with his potential. And he says, and it goes even Further out there, it said, whatever, so, whatsoever you will, have at it, sick them. Extend the kingdom. Lay hands on the sick, go for it. In other words, can you imagine what Jesus is thinking when he sees the church telling its people that he's the thief? Can you imagine the grief that comes to God's heart? Well, I'm here to tell you tonight He's not the thief. Amen. Amen. I hope you caught the spirit of this. I hope you understand. I'm, pre I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. We need to stir ourselves up. And stop. I mean, it's fine that, I mean, in the body of Christ, we pray one for another, and that's a, that's a blessing. But, man, you've got to get tapped into what's inside of you and realize your attitude is 90% of the battle. If you'll get angry at this, as Andrew taught, and the violent take it by force. Sickness is violence against the kingdom. Poverty is violence against the kingdom. Depression is violence against the kingdom. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? It's as if I go home in the evening and I walk in and there's a man in my house in his wife beater t-shirt, eating my chips, in my chair watching my TV and my wife is in the kitchen cooking him something and he's got my dog. Lola. And I'm going to say, who are you? And he's going to say, I took, you, I, I took over here. This is now my house, my dog, my chips, my chair, my TV, my wife. And I'm going to say, oh, no, they're not. And he's going to say, what are you going to do about it? I'm going straight down to the basement, and I'm going to find my weights. I'm going to start lifting up. It's too late. You need to lift weights now. You need to get into the word now. You need to figure out who you are now. Stand up with me.
Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we continue bringing you highlights from Karis Bible College's 2018 Healing is Here conference. I'd like to encourage you to get our Healing is Here materials. We've got it in deep and CDs right here. We also have DVDs that were made at the conference, and we also have a USB here where you can get the entire conference on there. And I tell you, this was powerful. We saw lots of people healed. And the way that Daniel Amstutz and Carly Teradez ministered along with all of our other guests and Audrey Mack, it was just a powerful time. You won't want to miss it. Our healing is here either on CD, DVD, or USB. Today, you viewed a portion of the 2018 Healing is Here conference. This conference in its entirety is available on either a CD or DVD album or on a USB drive for a gift of $49 or more when you contact us. This valuable product includes 16 powerful teachings that will build your faith to receive your own healing and help you minister healing to others. Also available is the free God Wants You Well booklet. This booklet answers common questions about healing and includes a list of every time Jesus healed someone in the Bible. This valuable resource is available to you for a limited time, free of charge on our website at awmi.net. This offer is limited to one free booklet per household. Call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of February, he'll be in Colorado Springs, Colorado. In March, he'll be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance with special guest Tony Dungy, NFL Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach, and James Brown, Emmy Award winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also at the Sanctuary in March, Andrew will be hosting the Army Conference for Ministers. In April, Andrew will be back at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park for the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days, and also to host the new musical, David, the King of Jerusalem, a story of the faithfulness of God's grace in spite of struggle and tragedy. Also at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Andrew will be hosting a special concert with John Tesh. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. I'd like to encourage you to visit our website, awmi.net, for our inside story. And coming up, I have Nicole Marbach that I'm interviewing. She was an alcoholic. She was struggling with depression, suicidal, cutting. I mean, it was six years of absolute bondage in and out of mental institutions, and Jesus set her free. Today, she has the Hope Center, and she is seeing people's lives changed. It will be a blessing to you. So check it out, the inside story at awmi.net.
if I did not have the partners sharing their, the messages, the downloads, all the things that are available to us. There couldn't be the, the connection made around the world. The, the connection couldn't have been made between us and Andrew. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. So I thank you for everything that you're doing. For your faithfulness, your contributions. And your commitment to God's work is, is very well appreciated. And I believe that it's very worthwhile to support someone who is touching so many lives. We believe you did exactly what God has told you to do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.